Hey everybody, real quick before we get into the show, I just wanted to let you know that I recently found a podcast called Help, I Need an Adult. And let me tell you, that was a really good podcast to check out. Those guys are very funny, they have really good conversations, and it's amazing. They're, they're really good. You definitely have to check it out. So head to their website, which is www.foggywaterstudios, that's F-O-G-G-Y, W-A-T-E-R studios.com slash help. I need an adult. And they've got two links on there. Uh, One is for their older episodes and two is for their newer. So definitely check that out. Matt Johnson is a great guy and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy their podcast. Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat, cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Leo Effects. Today I am joined by a very special guest. It's been a long ways in the making. We've had some technical difficulties and some rescheduling and all that fun stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but we finally got this thing together, and I would like to introduce to you Mr. Jeffrey Dale. How are you, sir? I'm great, thanks. Just just call me Jeff, and that's great. All right. Well, Jeff, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure oh, to have you here. And it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so... We actually have, I've I've had some authors on before, um, and, you know, I never quite know how to go about asking questions um, or, you know, what their books are about are kind of difficult to figure out, but you have a very specific book that we're going to talk about, and I think people are really going to be excited to hear about it, but first... I, I kind of want to talk about you as a whole a little bit, if that's okay. Sure. Um, well, I've been a journalist now for 45 years, so that gives you an idea that I'm not terribly young anymore. I was, <laughs> uh, I was born in London, England, moved to Canada when I was very young, and I've been here ever since. Uh, most of my work has been with um, uh, the print media, some radio broadcast work, um, magazines, a couple of small books I've written. But I decided after all this, at the the ripe old age of nearly 70, I was going to just settle down. Well, actually, this was three years ago. Start researching what is going to be the first book ever written on Champ Howard. And that's what I've been doing for the last three years. 
I see. And, and Shemp Howard, for anyone who doesn't know, he tends to be referred to in a lot of different ways. Um, some call him the Forgotten Stooge, which is not really true, not true at all. And uh, most remember him for for being the replacement for Curly, who, by and large, I would say most people see him as the most popular of the trio. And that's partially true, but I've sort of gone a little beyond that, at least for people who are not familiar with the Three Stooges. And essentially, my focus is going to be on a number of things. And one of them is, in fact, Shemp was the original. He was the original member along with Mo, his younger brother, and Larry Fine in a group that was basically put together by a comedian, Ted Healy. And that group became the Three Stooges. So really, we're talking about, in my estimation, the original Stooge here. I see. I see. All right. Well, that explains the inspiration behind the book. <laughs> what, yes. What was it that made you want to be a journalist in the first place? Well, oddly enough, I was sort of in the very early days when I was young. I was um, when everyone else was playing guitars uh, and sort of pursuing uh, pop music careers, which was um, pretty not going to happen, really. I, <laughs> I, I started to, to play classical guitar, uh, and I really loved it. And I thought, boy, that's what I'd really like to do. Uh, long story short, uh, it didn't happen. I, I did very well, but unfortunately, uh, money ran out, and my teacher was fairly old, so I didn't become a classical guitarist, much as I think I could have. So I was sort of at first was eyeing teaching, uh, so I went to university and thought I'd become a teacher. But along the way, I started to uh, do some part-time work um, and a little bit of writing on the side. And I was reviewing movies for uh, the local daily newspaper. So again, long story short, about 45 years ago, I essentially became a writer. And uh, when you do that in this business, you essentially do what the editor and publisher wants you to do. So you cover mm -hmm. whatever there is. Gotcha. And the Three Stooges certainly weren't uh, topics that were handed out very often or ever, if at all. <laughs> so now I'm on my own. Basically, I have my own business and I just I write whatever essentially whatever whatever topics come up. I either say yes or no. And in some cases, when it's my own idea, that's where I go. And the Shemp Howard idea was I thought, well, no one's ever written a book on him. And I've seen a lot of his work, and I think it's not really fair. He's one of these people who essentially flew under the radar, really. Lots of talent, you know, had a good career. And uh, so I thought, okay, well, let's do a book. And I was very lucky I was contacted by an American publisher who really wanted to see this done. And so away we go. And this is what I've been doing for the last, oh, I'd say three and a half years. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed that maybe by the end of this year, it's going to be out finally on gotcha. the shelf. Yeah, that'd be great. And why, why'd you pick Shemp? Well, essentially, uh, you know, every kid, well, of course, when I came from England, uh, you know, I never really heard of the Stooges and it was a bit of a, a no, no in our house when they started playing their short films back in 1958. Uh, but anyway, of course, like everyone else, as a kid, I got to like them. <laughs> and, but but unlike everyone else, now I like Curly and Larry and Moe, the the accepted 
sort of a trio that people remember. But I saw Shemp often, often enough that I thought, I like him. Uh, he's the older brother of uh, both Moe and uh, Curly. And of course, Larry isn't related. I, I liked his style. He looked different. He looked a little like his brother Moe. He looked a little tougher, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in terms of height, it, it almost sounds comical to say, at about five foot six, he was the tallest of the Howard brothers. Um, and he also, as I soon found out, he had a solo career on his own before he came back to the Stooges. So my my interest was really piqued. And so away I went. I basically hopped on a plane the first, that first summer from Canada to Los Angeles, uh, tracked or talk with his um, his remaining relatives that would be there's two granddaughters and there's one uh, daughter-in-law so and that's where I started went to the uh, the film library in Beverly Hills and uh, got some sort of first-hand information and away I was that was the first year uh, in a heat wave in Los Angeles 108 degrees Ooh. roaming around getting as much information as I could talking to people and it snowballed I think I have every single film, not not every single, but very, very close to most of the films this champ has ever appeared in. So it's been kind of night, it's been a, a night and day project now for the past three and a half years. And I'm still writing on other other subjects too in the meantime, because research can get quite costly after a while. But it's it's a labor of love and uh, <laughs> I think I'm make, making some headway. Yeah, name was it hard? like getting people to give up information at first or was it kind of you just had to call the right person well i think with the family they were absolutely delighted because you know finally someone's going to write a book about champ in this case you know their grandfather or their father-in-law whatever the case may be so they were they were very easy i i managed to reach a comedian who most people my age will probably recognize um, he was a stand-up com- comic in the 60s and 70s. His name is Shecky Green. Uh, he's 92 or 93 years old now. And it just so happened when he was starting out in the business, he got to know none other than Shemp and his wife, uh, Babe, uh, back in the 50s. Um, and he was around at their house. And I thought, well, this is great. Managed to reach out to him. Talked to a lot of people these days um, that sort of are either influenced by him, like him, or just appreciate what he did in the business. And that's because my approach here is rather than writing just straight biography, this is going to be a biography and an appreciation as well. So essentially to look and see, you know, well, do people still remember the name Shemp? And if they do, what do they think of him? And you'd be surprised that how many people really, really like his work. And that's that's been a treat, I'll tell you. That's cool. So yeah. it, it it went on from there. I mean, and I just uh, give you a sense. Um, some of the people I found who had comments, uh, um, you know, the uh, the comedic magic act, Penn and Teller. Right. Uh, well, Penn Gillette is a fan of Shemp's. So I love their act. So I headed on down to uh, Las, Las Vegas, took in their show, and had a chat with uh, Penn after the show. And he's he's a big Shemp fan. So there's one. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried is another one. Wow. Uh, he, uh, he he loves Shemp. Great. So I had a chat with him um, one morning after he's uh, he did a shtick that night. He was waking up to have a chat with me, and that was great. I got a few words. The 
by email from uh, Dick Cavett, the former talk show host, who's still on the go. And I got I got a hold of some present day comedians uh, who are sort of up and coming. I would say, oh, they know who Champ is. They they like him. And I just it sort of snowballed. Uh, uh, maybe I spent a little bit too much time talking to people who like Shem. But <laughs> in, in the interim, I did my homework on uh, the history to get it right, you know, uh, make sure we, we know just who Shemp is. And just for the curiosity of someone who's not aware of this, Shemp appears in about, at the last count, about 105 different movies. And that includes the Stooge shorts. So, that's quite remarkable, and it I don't is. think a lot of yeah a lot of people out there don't know it. I'm hoping they'll find out. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. What is it about this book that makes it so special? Well, it's it's almost the route that he took um, in the early days when Ted Healy, who at the time was considered you know a, a top flight comedian. I mean, he was absolutely he was in in one year and it escapes me right now. Could have been either 1924 or 27, I can't recall. One publication named him basically the top comedian of the year or the decade. I can't recall it at this moment. Wow. And so he needed some stooges, basically. I mean, you know, sort of someone to bounce off um, whatever physical humor or verbal humor he was doing. He, he was friends with Mo at a at very early stage, so he knew him. And Shemp, who was uh, he's about two years older than Mo, basically was you know there and ready. So Shemp and Mo basically were his first two, and then they caught an act by this comedian, um, who I believe it. Well, I'm not sure if he was going on by his original name. His original name is Louis Feinberg, who became Larry Fine. Well, they caught his act and said, "Great, okay, let's get him." So the group that was basically the backup or, or, you know, the supporting cast to Tate Healy and his act were, in fact, Shemp, Moe, and Larry. This went on for quite some time. They even made a feature film called Soup to Nuts, which was a vehicle for Healy. And the Stooges actually got quite a bit of notice, both um, critically and uh, from the public. And that looked good, but around about that time, in the, in the very early 30s, it was... Um, it was decided, Shemp just decided, you know, well, I want to go on my own. And there's a lot of rumors about that. And I'm not going to go into those because I, they're, they're going to be addressed in the book. Okay. There's all, <laughs> sorts, there's all sorts of reasons why they claim he went. But he really wanted to try it out. And, uh, and his wife, um, not only was she supportive, I think she may have given him a little bit of an extra push. And again, without going into too much detail, his solo career even though he was never what I would call the, the star that often of the shorts he was in, it's got some interesting little features. I mean, he started off in Vitaphone. The very, very first film that Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart, the Academy Award winner, ever appeared in was a short with Champ Howard. Jimmy Stewart, you know, the great actor, that was his first role, an unbilled role in a little short called Art Trouble back in 1934, I believe it was. I hope I'm correct on that one. And all through that 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 stint he had with the Vitaphone, he was in some some great little shorts with uh, the actors of the day, like Bert Lahr was one, 
um, Jack Healy. Both of those two were in the Wizard of Oz, uh, as um, hey, uh, Jack Healy was the uh, the Tin Man, mm-hmm. and Burt Law, of course, was the Cowardly Lion. He appeared in all all these great little shorts. Um, he, he appeared in in films basically for initially Vitaphone, which was a branch of Columbia, oh, okay. and for Columbia, yeah, and Columbia itself, which is essentially the studio that did the Stu uh, shorts later. And he appeared um, in some Universal films too. And wow. give me a few, give me a few names of who he appeared with: uh, John Wayne, Randolph Scott, Marlena Dietrich, um, Abbott and Costello. Uh, I could probably go on and on if I could remember them. Uh, you see, I don't have my notes with me. I'm just sort of <laughs> throwing these out. Uh, Sabu, the great uh, East Indian actor, he was in a film with him, and it was remarkable. The Andrew Sisters, Donald O'Connor. Some great films, you know, he was in. Uh, the Thin Man, one of the last Thin Man uh, movies called Another Thin Man. He had an uncredited role in that. He was all over the map. Yeah. He, he was here, there, and everywhere. And John Wayne actually was, was one of the neighbors in his uh, his district. Uh, so he knew John Wayne. And and by the way, Bob Bob Hope used to drive Shemp occasionally to the studio uh, because Shemp didn't drive a car. So... Oh. Some some good connections, you know, some very good connections. That's, that's so wild to think about is you hear a name like Shemp and you think about the Three Stooges. And that, that's, I mean, at least to me, but, you know, that's kind of where it ended. I never really thought that there was more to it than that. And turns out he was actually a, a really big name, it sounds like. He was... He was one of those people. It's almost like I, I'm not sure whether producers went out and said, you know, get me Shemp. I got a great role for him to star in. But there were some really unusual aspects to him because, unlike his brothers, and this is not, you know, denigrating his brothers because they were excellent in what they did. I'm sure they were, and certainly with Mo, I'm sure he would have loved to have branched out, gotten to do a little drama. In fact, I know that for a fact. Curly probably could have done some other things, and I'm sure Larry could have um, also branched out. But Champ uh, got a chance. He he played uh, a police officer in one film, um, which was a rather unusual film. It's called The Strange Case of Dr. Rx. He was a police officer. And another film, which uh, came out in 35, was called Convention Girl. He played a thug. I mean, basically, a thug who... Um, would like to embezzle money and even tried to murder his partner in the film. So oh, wow. We're, we're not talking stooge here. Uh, he played a thug on, on a few films, in fact, and one of the directors of his films, both solo and as a stooge, that was Jules, Jules White, he said part of that's because he's got a bit of um, sort of a tough look to him. You know, he's, he's a little guy, but he's, he looks kind of tough, like he could handle himself. And he could pull it off, and so he did. It always makes me wonder and, and wish, you know, why didn't one a producer or, or someone, a backer of a film, just give him the chance, you know, to do a major starring role and, and see if he could do it. Or yeah. whether he was or whether he was destined to be a secondary character. But what whatever the case is, he did it well. And for anyone out there, and this is not giving too much away from the book, I would highly recommend even before the book comes out, they check out a movie called Private Buckaroo. Most Stooge fanatics and Shemp fanatics tend to think this is his best appearance in a movie as a solo. It's It was intended as sort of a promotional type of film during the war. 
And the big stars in the film were the Andrew sisters, uh, Harry James and his uh, band, or his orchestra, sorry, and Donald O'Connor. But Shemp has a really significant role. He shares the stage uh, with the Andrew sisters um, quite on a number of occasions, like uh, uh, the big finale number. And he's, uh, he's paired up with um, Mary Wicks. You may or may not have heard that name. She's rather tall, um, comedic actress, and uh, they played a great couple. It was, and and basically, Shem, his role in this, just remember the name is Sergeant Snavely. It's excellent. It's really, really funny, and it just makes you think to yourself, boy, he's good in that, and he's good in a lot of other things. I wonder, just wonder, if he'd had been given more opportunity to sort of have, I don't know, secondary, third billing, a little more like that. Yeah. Just what, what he could have done. That's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. And one of the defining things about this book that that you have coming out is that it's not just a book about the three stooges or the stooges in general this is the only book about shemp it is i mean shemp's been mentioned in other books and 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 to give credit to those books they've uh you know there's been a chapter or two and you know highlighted some of his stuff but i i just basically wanted to make this the focus is shemp uh, there's no way I'm going to ignore the other uh, Stooges. I mean, they're obviously part of it. Um, and the, the issue is there's some interesting little bits that most people or most people who are not, once again, Stooge fanatics may or may not know. Um, Shem, for example, he was he was quite good friends and appeared on, on, on film with um, the man who replaced him when he died. And that was Joe Besser. They were in a film with Abbott and Costello called Africa Screams. And they were very good together. And from what I've been told by his relatives, um, Shemp and Joe, uh, were good friends. They got along very well. And um, it's it's just that I just thought, after all this time, irrespective of uh, the fact that he's mentioned in other books, I thought, it's time, let's put the focus on Shemp. Let's just get him out there, stick him out there in the spotlight and see what people think. And maybe they'll give it some, maybe they'll go back and look look at some of his movies and his, even his stew shorts and say, yeah, you know, he was really good. Yeah, absolutely. What advice do you think you would give to somebody who wants to write a book about a subject that they're really passionate about? Um, well, the first thing I mean, and this doesn't mean necessarily, I'm, I, I, I'm no Ernest Hemingway, so I mean, let's, let's put it that way. I've written most of my life. The first thing you, you need to know is if, if you've got a really good idea that you think is going to appeal, not necessarily to everybody, but to, to say people who in, are interested in unusual topics, start writing. Start doing your research. And that's another thing, too. Be very, very careful when you deal with the Internet. The Internet has a lot of information, but it has equal amounts of misinformation. There's a lot of stuff out there which is just not true. And putting material like that, in a book, well, number one, it's very misleading. And number two, it can, it can also get you in trouble. If you make a claim about somebody or something, which is, in fact, provably wrong, you could get yourself into some legal issues. Ah. <laughs> do, do, your, do your homework. Try to find a publisher who, who you know, is interested. I mean, and, and I, I would suggest right off the top, just ask yourself, you know, am I a pretty good writer? Uh, you know, do I know how to put a sentence together without making too many mistakes? Can I spell? Do I know what a proper sentence is? And 
maybe even more importantly in the end, can I make it really interesting? Is this going to grab people? And are they going to sit back and say, I didn't know that, you know, and this is essentially what I'm trying to do. Uh, I, and I, I always make this point to whoever I talk to, in no way am I denigrating any of the other people in the Three Studios because they had a part in a rather unique story. The bottom line is the Stooges started the, the formings of the, the early embryonic form of the Stooges began back in the 20s. We're now in the 2020 area era. That's almost 100 years. And people still watch their stuff. They love it. Yeah. So if we can get a little bit, uh, just think about it, you know. So the fact is, Curly, Larry, Moe, Shemp, Joe Besser, Curly, Do Curly Joe Dorita, who was in the, the feature films back in the, um, the late 50s, very early 60s, they all played a role. And uh, this time, I'm just hoping that people will pick up the book and say, well, you know, I, I'm surprised. I didn't think the Shemp was... Uh, was that important and i think he's as important if not more important than a lot of people who made it to the silver screen back in those years i just um and by the way now i one very very good benefit for me a little bit costly is that i have so many shemp films now it's even when he's only speaking one line in a film i say dear shemp that's another game you know that people have you know <laughs> look 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 for movies that shemp is in and there he is He's, he's, he's a prisoner in, in, a, in, a, in a movie with um, what's called Behind Prison Gates. He's you know, serving up slop to the other prisoners, uh, or he's a thug trying to kill his uh, partner, or he's a detective, uh, or he plays uh, an old, an ancient Sinbad the Sailor in another movie. Uh, he's all over, and he's a stooge. <laughs> right. <laughs> And you said your book's uh, not out as of yet, but it's coming out no. soon. I'm hoping, well, and this is, you know, right now as I tell you this, my fingers are crossed, my toes are crossed, and whatever else I can cross on my body, they're all crossed. I'm, I'd love to have it out by, by Christmas. That would be a kind, kind of perfect timing. Uh, I, I just think because it's, it's, I'm hoping it's going to be a feel-good book that people will sit back and, you know, and just in uh, Christmas time, you know, I, I think we all need a laugh these days. You know, it's these can be tough times. So, right. I'm I'm hoping a little bit of comedy is uh, gonna shed a bit of uh, sunlight and happiness on people, and uh, and they can all put their thumbs up and give an old Roger Ebert thumbs up to uh, Champ Howard. Yeah, absolutely. What is it that's uh, that you're you're waiting to release this? Well, basically, I've, the majority of what I've been doing for the last three years is research. I have some uh, some of the chapters cobbled together. Okay. I'm, I'm now basically, as of, let me see, March the 1st, I believe, is on Sunday. I'm going to just try to put most of my other work on the back burner and concentrate on the writing and, you know, have my editors. Uh, I've got a couple of really good editors you know, make sure we clean copy up in terms of spelling and such and uh, do this chapter by chapter. And I would love, again, these are no promises, then get it to my publisher, have a look at it, make sure he has the photos. I've got lots of um, good original photos from the family and from other sources. And then the, the book gets put together. 
I've got a, someone designing a cover. Awesome. Uh, so the, the idea is the writing, the editing, the, the final touches. I mean, the final touches, in fact, is a huge, huge part of the book, which is going to take it's going to take a lot of 10 to 12 hour days. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, by then up in Canada, there will be no snow on the ground. But the product is there and ready. And then we'll go from there. And hopefully I can maybe um, head down over the border and uh, visit some towns, uh, places, hopefully in California, maybe, you know, New York State, and uh, promote the book and see how we do. Yeah, that'd be great. Be fun. So the last question I have for you is what uh, social medias are you on that people can go and find you? Well, I'm right now, I'm pretty much on Facebook. Uh, I do Twitter occasionally. Um, I... I haven't found the response uh, on Twitter all that good. Mm -hmm. So I'm essentially on Facebook. I did have, uh, I didn't have a website. I had something very similar, but uh, I believe it was Google. I think they stopped that end of um, their business. So that was done. So right now, right now I'm on Facebook. I, I may actually start a business page on Facebook too. But I post quite regularly, and um, I, I try my best to keep uh, my posts to be comedic, if nothing else. You know, don't Great. don't want to get don't want to get too heavily into politics or anything like that right now. <laughs> I think right. we got I think we've got enough people taking care of that for us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and speaking with me today. I, it's been a blast learning all of this. It's seriously stuff I never would have thought of before. So I really appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you having me. It's, um, it's, I, I, I hope people, I, I know you're, you're well listened to. So hope some people out there will say, okay, mark that on my calendar. I mean, we'll see if this joker from Canada actually does get the book out by Christmas. <laughs> and uh, so it's it's been a real pleasure, and um, I hope you had a little bit of a champ education, and I can maybe give you a little bit more when the book comes out. Absolutely, and you can pretty much be assured that when the book does come out, I'm I'm going to buy that. That sounds like a great thing to have, and I want to read it and you know pass it along. Great. Well, I've marked that down in my day book that you're there's one sale for sure. Myself, <laughs> uh, myself, uh, you, and my wife. There you there's go. Three, three sold already. <laughs> Perfect. You're off and running. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And thank you to all of you listeners who are tuning in to check this out. And I really hope you make it over to Facebook to to follow along and, you know, see where everything is going. And when the book comes out, you better run out and buy it because it's going to be great. But thank you all very much for listening. And we'll see you all next time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages, what an amazing show. Thank you for lending an ear and joining us. I'm the host, Ray Rumsey, and if you want to hear more interviews, simply head to anywhere podcasts are heard, Facebook or Twitter, and search The Leo Effects. With an A, not an E. If you'd like to hear me doing silly voices and making a general fool of myself, head over to Shattered Dungeons on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We live stream every Tuesday night. More projects are in the works. For now, stay tuned for more interviews. To book yourself as a guest, you can head to theleoeffects.wixsite.com slash podcast or send me an email at theleoeffects at gmail.com. Remember, this has been The Leo Effects, and great shows require great listeners just like you. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.